My name is David Orban, and I want to welcome all of you to Searching for the Question Live. We are live streaming on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, you can send us your comments uh, as uh, we will display them and questions, and we will answer them. Uh, the uh, themes of uh, our episodes are, of course, varying. And today's uh, theme is the culture of food and how it evolves and how it must adapt uh, to the times. How can we move to healthy, sustainable, and cruelty-free future in producing and, and preparing our food? And there are options that are becoming available, thanks also to technology, that we need to adopt. Of course, it is only possible if we also catalyze a rapid evolution in our culture and our behavior that support this kind of change. Today's guest is Marie Frenette, CEO and co-founder of HAE, H-A-E. Marie is a social entrepreneur. She moved to uh, Korea uh, in 2006, where she now resides in Seoul and uh, where she is uh, connecting with us uh, today. And through Hai, she works with mission-driven brands and helps them succeed in the mainstream market to give consumers sustainable and cruelty-free choices. She's particularly focused on plant-based food space and how simply switching to a more plant-based diet can alleviate or even resolve some of humanity's more pressing issues. So welcome, Marie. Welcome to Searching for the Question Live. Thank you so much, David. I do like to start with the, uh, our guests uh, asking them, uh, what brought them to, to, to where they are. And certainly your journey was very interesting, uh, ending up uh, in, in Seoul uh, mm -hmm. from originally being uh, Canadian. So maybe tell right. us a little bit about that journey. Okay. Uh, well, I came to Korea when I was 24, and I spent most of my life uh, in Canada, until um, all of my life in Canada until then. Uh, but I knew that I always wanted to be a multicultural type of person, not just in, in words, but actually in actions as well. In Canada, in Canada where? Uh, East Coast, Nova Scotia. So I, I call Halifax my, my hometown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, reason, um, the reason I ask that, because I will now show Google Earth and we will travel from Bergamo, where I am, to Halifax and then from Halifax to Seoul. Please go ahead. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I always knew that I wanted to speak uh, another language, but the I grew up in a pretty unilingual environment. Uh, a lot of people think that Canada is very, like, is bilingual everywhere, but that's not really the case. So, um, and I, I wanted to just challenge myself to absorb a new culture and learn a new language intensively. And so... I the the reason why I came to Korea was quite random. I just met somebody who suggested Thailand might be a nice place to visit uh, to stay for a year, and within three months I had a job there, and I just realized that Korea is one of Asia's best kept secrets. At that time in 2006, it really still was like 
I mean, a secret is kind of silly to say, but yeah, uh, a lot of people didn't really know what I was doing there. I've had people say things like, it's really nice that I'm helping the Korean people. And, and I'm just, you know, Korea is a very well-developed country. And uh, I think sometimes people get it mixed up with North, North Korea. So that's why I get comments like that. But at the time, uh, K-pop was not as huge. And, you know, Korean cosmetics, IT was not really that, that well-known around the world. And so it was, uh, I, I went there knowing almost nothing and just ended up falling in love with the country and and Not and, with person and in particular and it is it is actually interesting because uh, 2007 was the year that the iPhone was released and right. then uh, after that uh, Android was born and uh, uh, licensed to the various makers and of course yeah. uh, Samsung and LG and many others are world-leading brands of phones and televisions and other devices now all based on the android uh, operating system uh, right. and, and this brought notoriety to korean hardware uh, right. but uh, the uh, government was uh, smart enough to actually uh, invest also in content that is why both uh, korean drama and then korean music k-pop uh, that uh, right. you mentioned became so popular both in Asia as well as elsewhere. Uh, exactly. We will have another episode uh, from Korea with uh, my daughter Jordana. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, you and I met uh, through her. So right. uh, 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 we, will, we will dedicate that to talk about K-pop and, uh, and the Korean uh, uh, music scene and entertainment culture and so on. So, mm -hmm. it, but, but that is that is not your field. Uh, your field is is uh, very different. Uh, health, uh, uh, healthy food and cruelty free food and plant based nutrition. It, was that the case already uh, fifteen years ago, or that is also something that you came into more uh, similarly serendipitously as the location itself. Um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of things have been quite serendipitous for me, but I was vegetarian uh, in elementary school, and that actually went on until until I came to Korea, but uh, Korea was not very vegetarian friendly at the time, and my commitment to just diving into the culture and taking everything in as it was caused me to start eating meat and, and, and that kind of thing at the time, so uh, I've, I've only stopped doing that uh, four years ago, I think, and it all came about because of the Good Food Institute. Um, I was browsing Facebook one day and I saw this ad uh, talking about sustainable food and, um, and entrepreneurship, how, how uh, startups can, can change the, the, the face of, like, of, of food. And um, I thought, who are these people? Like, I, I just wanna know more. So I reached out and I was able to uh, connect with some Brian Cateman, who is now the founder of the Reducitarian um, movement, and uh, we got uh, on a call. Sorry, can you, and you repeat I, that? I also what? connected with Bruce Frederick. Uh, uh, apologies. Oh, Reducitarian. What 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 movement? I didn't understand. So the Reducitarian movement. So you just spell reduce and then T A R I A N. Okay. So he he left the Good Food Institute and started this organization uh, as well. And the premise behind this is 
we don't have to be perfect. Uh, each one of us in our daily lives can make effort to reduce the amount of animal uh, con uh, animal foods that we're we're eating, and that still uh, over the big picture, it still really makes a big difference. So yeah, this is this is Brian. You see there in the in the uh, video, and so he was the first person I connected with, and then um, I got to talk to Bruce Frederick, who has a really great TED talk as well um, on on. I think it has well over a million views. So these guys are all uh, in this movement that encourages people to reduce their intake of animal foods, uh, to use food, to, to use technology to change our food system and to make it more sustainable. And a lot of that involves taking the animal out of the equation. Um, and so that can be accomplished through plant-based foods and then there's also something called cultured meats which involves taking the cells from animals and creating meat from that in kind of a, a brewery type setting uh, that would be the, the form that it would take in the future so all this so, stuff is very fascinating for me <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely fascinating and and i am also glad to 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 hear and of course i already knew it but uh, but uh, for for our viewers that that you as well as the the people you you cited are not fanatics because uh, there is this um, perception of uh, vegetarians and vegans as those people you don't want to have a dinner because at every uh, uh, time they have the opportunity they will badger you of of how bad you are and 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 how how uh, unhealthy you are eating and then how bad you are for the environment and for the animals etc etc so so to hear that a, a compromise is possible and that yes one doesn't have to be perfect that that imperfection uh, uh, is is sometimes necessary because we are we are human but still one can be good is, uh, is, is a relief because uh, a, maybe it is a more pragmatic and effective way to affect change, which is at the end uh, what, what you want, right? Exactly. So there is uh, another person that you should probably know about. Uh, his name is Tobias Lunar, and I uh, have he has a book called how to create a vegan world if you look on amazon um, okay i'm doing it. it it's a it's a pragmatic approach and uh, you know when when you realize the impact that what we're doing to uh as far as the food system goes has on the environment has on the animals has on our own health it's really easy to like literally panic and uh, feel like you just want to scream at everybody, you know, like, hey, do you know what you're doing? And but the problem is that immediately walls between you and the person. And so this book is all about how can we communicate with people in a way that that makes them want to listen. And instead of making people feel uh, like you think you're morally superior to them, um, try to connect with them on their level and. Um, there's also another author called Melanie Joy, Dr. Melanie Joy, and she's she's uh, she's got a book called Why We Love Dogs, Eat Pigs, and Wear Cows, and um, and and they also run an organization called Beyond Carnism and another one called Siva, 
uh, oh, and they also founded an organization called ProVeg. So all of these amazing organizations are all coming together to make huge changes in the world, um, literally changing uh, the types of product offerings that are on the market, lobbying the government, doing education uh, for consumers, um, creating a more fun and positive culture around uh, plant-based eating. And it's really just a multi-pronged approach and um, it's, it's really special. So uh, I'm really I'm happy to be you know, involved with these people on various levels and also to be doing you know, what we're doing here in Korea as well. And, and, and you discovered this and then uh, decided to, to become part of it. So uh, tell me about uh, your startup, uh, Hai, and, uh, and, and what, uh, what you do, where, what stage you are at, what are your future plans? Sure, so um, we, we call it Hey, actually. So um, uh, the company's name is Hey Creative, and what we decided to do was, uh, as a first step to contributing to this industry, was to take the experience that we had already in uh, marketing, de business development, uh, creative, uh, creative things, and help these organizations and these companies that are reaching out to consumers, help them to be communicate and, uh, and and educate the public as well and so what you're seeing here um, on our website is actually um, the content side of, of what we do so we have client projects but we're especially recently putting a lot more effort into um, creating our own content but our, our team is quite small at the moment so we're all uh, basically Swiss army knives um, doing all the things and so um, the, you can see that's Helen and Ilsu, those are my partners, and uh, we're, we're really getting into profiling people here in Korea who are already advancing uh, the scene, especially, you know, local Korean people, uh, because I think for the longest time, people in Korea thought that, you know, vegan is all about, you know, foreign, foreign people, all oh, that works in foreign countries, but that does not work here, and I think the same thing could be said about many Asian countries, um, but it's it's really not true. There are people all around the world um, who who are recognizing these issues and trying to trying to find ways to contribute. And um, so, for example, we have a video coming out soon about um, a vegan bodybuilder create uh, from Korea, and her uh, she's a YouTuber as well. And uh, Dan Ji Ang is uh, is her YouTube and. Uh, we were able to profile her daily life and her mission and uh, see, her, see her working out in the gym and stuff too, uh, you know, showing off her, her plant-based, uh, her, her muscles based on, you know, plant-based protein. And <laughs> it, it's, it's really interesting to see uh, how, what a variety of, of approaches there are out there. Um, and yeah, I, it's just exciting. There's just so much to uncover and uh, so much to share with the world. So the, the content side of what we do is going to become bigger and bigger. And uh, creating content uh, to spread uh, the um, importance uh, and, and the message of a given culture is a fantastic way to uh, make sure that people learn about it, that they can interact and engage. And of course, as you said, uh, you can discover surprising angles like a, a vegan bodybuilder, right? Uh, or, right. or 
I don't know, sumo fighter or uh, any kind of performance athlete uh, that uh, traditionally would be associated uh, with an omnivore or, or animal-based uh, uh, diet. And instead showing that uh, uh, plant-based uh, diets can perfectly uh, support uh, very energetic, uh, high-performance uh, occupations and, and, and lifestyles. Those are right. fantastic examples to, to bring this uh, vividly uh, understandable for, for everybody. And, right. and so you are saying that uh, the, the Korean uh, culture and food scene uh, changed in the past uh, several years and uh, the people became more uh, accepting of uh, uh, of uh, vegan vegetarian options of plant-based uh, diets is it also the case uh, uh, beyond uh, restaurants that that can make the choice you know they say okay we are vegan and vegetarian they make a bet and then they see if they survive if uh, enough uh, uh, guests uh, will uh, support the establishment, uh, but is it also the craze uh, for consumer choices? What about uh, supermarket chains? Is it possible to find uh, 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 outside of the uh, vegetable and fruit stalls? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Because th those are definitely available. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, what about people who who are busy, who don't want to prepare the whole meal, want to find something that is um, a complete meal or, or an option to put together rapidly something and, and um, adopt uh, the, the plant-based uh, food culture. Right, so there are meal uh, subscription type services where people will drop off an entire week worth of meals for you if, if you want. Uh, and that, that's, uh, there, there's one, for example, called Sprout, and that is delivered uh, all around the country. Um, and it's actually a fellow uh, expat for international resident entrepreneur that, um, that started that one. Um, and all the delivery apps like uh, Baymin or uh, Coupon Eats or Shuttle here in Korea, you can uh, search vegan and come up with some, some good uh, choices depending on the, the area that you live in, of course. Um, and then the big markets, there's uh, Market Curly, uh, that likes to focus a little bit more on, on the health food uh, market that has a whole vegan section. And then the major mar markets like uh, E-Mart, which is, uh, I, I guess you could, it's similar to Walmart. Uh, E-Mart, Lotte Mart, like those types of uh, shops are also, uh, franchises are also uh, offering vegan choices. So I would say we're still really at the very beginning, but like it's a special niche market that is 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 booming quite a lot. And another thing that's very important to remember with Korea is they're very sensitive to overseas trends. Um, I mean, not not just because Korea is an export uh, oriented country, but also because Koreans are just early adopters and they're always looking for for the newest thing and um, interested in embracing. Uh, yeah, new, new foods and uh, new experiences. So since I, I, I think I started being vegan about four years ago and it's really just incredible the types of changes I've seen already. Like, I feel like I started just as it was kind of on, on the upswing. And um, yeah, there are local Korean groups, Korean language groups where you can, you can learn about this lifestyle, also foreign groups as well. And 
more and more YouTubers are popping up and um, and making Korean language content about this lifestyle. And uh, you see it more frequently on television as well. Uh, so you see celebrities trying different uh, vegan dishes, including plant-based meat. So, so if um, uh, people following uh, our uh, episode wanted to uh, do something similar like you are doing, but in their own country, what would be your advice? How should they go about it in order to um, succeed in, in spreading the message, avoiding some of the mistakes that have been made in other places in the past? What are the best practices in your opinion that they can uh, easily adopt? Uh, first of all, the community of people who is out, who are out there um, really being leaders and pushing forward is is it's getting bigger, but it's it's actually a fairly small group of people. Uh, a lot of people are uh, focused more on just their own daily lives and not on trying to uh, you know convince other people of changing their habits. So, but that community of people is very welcoming, actually. So, if you want to do something uh, in the space, you want to step up and be a leader then I highly recommend uh, reaching out to those people, like for example, the types of people that I mentioned earlier, um, because I, I did that beginning four years ago. And as a result, I really feel like my company is growing much faster. So network with the people who are out there um, doing it already. Some of them have been doing it for you know, 20, 30 years, uh, working in this space in different capacities. So build up that network. Don't be afraid to, afraid to reach out. Uh, people are a lot more open and accessible and welcoming than you would expect. I think that's the really the first thing. And also uh, meeting people on their level, uh, trying to take the, the judgment out of things. And um, if, if even if you are a vegan, most of us were not born that way, right? So well, one uh, thing they say... Any of us who had the, the, the privilege and the beauty of uh, being breastfed, we... We started with with not being vegan at all. <laughs> well, breast but the, but breast milk is made for baby humans, right? Whereas like cows' uh, milk is not. So that that's where they're not the vegan. Same thing. I'm just saying, breast milk is of animal origin, so it's definitely not. Yeah, a but the mother it's wants not. to give it. The key is uh, when we're taking other people's bodies, stuff from their bodies, other animals' bodies, um, without permission, that makes it not vegan. So. A mother wants to give to their child, so that is vegan, actually. Um, <laughs> it's just just uh, a technicality there. Have you read just to just to keep joking a bit uh, uh, in in a lighthearted manner, uh, uh, even though the example is very appropriate uh, uh, or inappropriate? Uh, have you read uh, uh, the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I read it a long time ago, so I don't really remember references to it, unfortunately. But uh, you can give it a shot. Uh, well, yeah, well, uh, there is a, a scene uh, where in, in their travels and adventures around the galaxy and meeting crazy and absurd situations, uh, they meet a cow that has been uh, specifically engineered to want to be eaten. And actually the cow is conscious and, and, and goes and offers herself to the, uh, to the people and displays what uh, parts of, of, of the animal they should be eating. Now, obviously, uh, that is a, a great example to highlight the, the absurdity of, uh, of what you just uh, mentioned, that uh, we 
don't give a choice to the animals that uh, we are uh, feeding and growing and then slaughtering. And even if they had, a, even if we, we, we gave them a choice, it would be never, yes, please uh, eat me. Um, mm -hmm. we, we, yeah. we, we believe. And so, so back to, uh, to the, um, uh, to, to the point where I interrupted you, you were saying that, that uh, being accepting towards uh, the choices that people make is important because none of us uh, were born uh, vegan or vegetarian, right? But, but right. That, there are many countries where um, uh, the culture, for example, in India uh, of uh, uh, vegetarian nutrition is, is very widespread. And, uh, and, and I always try to be kind enough and remember when I have a meal with an Indian friend to ask if, if they are actually uh, vegetarian. And yeah. uh, and oftentimes it turns out that they are, and so I'm glad that uh, that uh, we pick places where they can eat too, <laughs> because yeah. it is it is often the case that uh, that uh, a person who follows a plant based nutrition um, has a very poor set of choices in restaurants where they think oh a salad will be it and that's it they they solved the problem. Or like a plate of French fries. Or, 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 or yes. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think the world is really changing a lot, though. People are becoming much more aware. You know, uh, for example, my, my mother is a celiac, so she uh, has a risk of literally getting stomach cancer if she keeps eating gluten. Um, so she's like the 1% of the population that uh, really needs to eat gluten-free. Uh, but since then, many other people have adopted a gluten-free diet. They just feel like they, they feel better when they eat that way. And because of that, the market has gotten so much bigger. And it's the same thing with, uh, with vegan products. We, the vast majority of people who are purchasing vegan products are actually not, not vegan. So, uh, and, 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 and that's one reason why the word plant-based is often used. Because um, you know, vegan comes along with it's a very big set of uh, you know restrictions, and also uh, a lot of people are quite negative about the word in the first place. So the 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 purpose of using the word plant based is just to kind of let people like free people of this um, and let them just try different foods, try different plant based foods without feeling like they have to you know do the whole the whole vegan thing a hundred percent. So. Yeah, it's a very interesting movement. And uh, and and probably that is that is the point. Even somebody who has been uh, uh, growing up in the traditional Western diet of uh, uh, chicken and and pork and and uh, uh, beef, uh, not if not with every meal, almost with every meal. Uh, they can make choices of uh, starting to alternate and introduce uh, uh, plant-based uh, meals um, one, two uh, times a day or, or an entire day without meat and so on, and then see yeah. uh, what, uh, what their reaction is and, and how they feel, but also what kind of variety uh, they, can, they can achieve. Um, right. I, I, am, I am personally a very uh, um, uh, uh, an omnivore, uh, and and I also like to eat eat meat. Uh, 
uh, I, I recognize my hypocrisy of not even wanting to think about the condition of the animals that I'm eating while they were alive. And, and, and I, I realize how uh, morally uh, corrupt that, that is. And, uh, and uh, there was a period uh, in um, ten, more than 10 years ago now uh, that um, uh, in order to lose weight, I uh, said, okay, why don't I try uh, uh, being uh, vegan? And uh, for um, eight months, as it turns out, I uh, only ate uh, uh, plant-based food. And I was able to, to enjoy it greatly uh, in terms of both uh, the, the, the variety, the, uh, uh, the, the, the adventure of composing my meals, uh, my wife hated it because uh, she would keep cooking uh, uh, um, omnivore food, uh, including uh, animal products for our children and herself. And I would always be uh, aside, uh, you know, with my freaky, exotic uh, uh, attempts. Uh, but uh, but it was good, and and I I I, I lost a lot of weight uh, too. Mm. And then and I uh, broke it uh, when I was in Japan and we would be served uh, at receptions, uh, you know, sushi by uh, black belt, uh, sushi chefs uh, of, you know, whatever uh, level. And uh, I thought that if I didn't have that food, and I would go back and say, "Oh wow, I, I I didn't even try it." I would feel I would feel uh, stupid, and mm -hmm. and so that that led me to to break uh, the 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 constant attention, and uh, and since then I haven't uh, I haven't made uh, new new attempts, but uh, mm -hmm. after the the um, the lockdown, I became so fat. In the in the past two months, that uh, that, <laughs> that that now I I am trying to uh, to do something about it, and uh, one of the components uh, can definitely be of uh, eating uh, healthier through eating uh, vegetarian or or, or vegan. Um, mm. We we actually didn't even think about it, but it could be worth uh, even formulating a, a very simple definition of what is the difference between uh, vegetarian and vegan because not all, all of our viewers may may know it right so um i also had a few talking points on that what you just said uh, that i'm gonna try my please. best not to forget but no, no, please. Um, oh, okay uh so the the first thing is um so when your wife was was cooking for you and feeling um like there is a, it's a lot to have to produce, have to uh, make multiple meals. Um, I think one strategy, if you were to ever have to do that again, would to make the base vegan, and then if if needed, you can add some extra protein in there, and then and then they wouldn't have to uh, to make multiple meals. And um, and then the other thing is there are a lot of really interesting uh, movements, like for exa example, Meat Free Monday. Um, Green Monday, uh, Veganuary, that all are all there to encourage you to reduce 
and to teach you how to how to accomplish that. So a lot there are a lot of free resources out there, um, and that whole pragmatic approach um, is is trying to get away from this idea of perfection, right? So you went with it for for um, eight months, and then you know you you broke it, you broke the chain in 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 uh, Japan, right? Um, but really, it's okay to just mess up sometimes, and then just get back on it again. So um, that's a pretty important advice. Could you also check out Green Monday, uh, greenmonday.org? We actually work with them. They are uh, also associated with Meat Free Monday, but they focus on uh, on encouraging people in Asia to reduce their uh, intake of animal foods. And you can see Paul McCartney and a bunch of other uh, Asian celebrities um, who are on board with this, just encouraging people to start exploring. And, and um, it doesn't have to be, you know, three meals a day, every single day, every single, uh, you know, month for the rest of your life. You can, you can eat mostly plant-based and then occasionally eat meat if that's something that's you know, interesting for you. So um, expecting perfection from ourselves is, is what keeps a lot of us from even trying in the first place. And uh, to define vegetarianism versus veganism, I would like to, uh, I, I think that veganism is under the vegetarian umbrella and vegetarianism, um, some people argue that this is not really vegetarianism, but there are people who call themselves pesco vegetarians, for example. So they'll still eat fish and mostly plant-based diet. So plant-based diet plus fish. And then there are people who uh, call themselves lacto-ovo vegetarians. So it'll be milk, egg, plus um, plus veg veggies. So a lot of Indian people, for example, would have that type of a diet. But the uh, I used to think that that was fine because with eggs and dairy, uh, the animals don't die. And uh, but once I started digging into what's happening with the dairy industry, I realized that um, the animals in those industries are suffering immensely. And so it almost seems better in my mind that the animal just, you know, dies rather than being kept alive for so long. Um, so from an ethical perspective, uh, eating, you know, meat, uh, dairy and eggs uh, is, is, is quite, you know, it's difficult to argue that it's okay but the whole point is not talking about ethics moving away from that and just focusing on the the benefits that the individual gets from eating in a certain way uh, the benefits of an overall reduction um, of animal uh, intake amongst the whole population as opposed to expecting just one person to be 100 percent perfect that's a much more realistic and pragmatic way to reach more and more people so i even though I feel it in my heart, I try not to talk much about ethics. It's uh, one of those things. <laughs> uh, uh, to, to, to talk about ethics instead, just uh, a little bit more. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, I wonder what is the right decision in terms of looking at the species which has been very successful, whether we uh, look at chicken or, or cows or pigs, 
versus other species that cannot be domesticated, like, I don't know, a zebra, it, that that hasn't multiplied uh, with the numbers of, of uh, the first that I cited. And the, when we move massively to either a plant-based food or cultivated meat, uh, which won't require the animals to be grown uh, in order to generate the uh, animal protein that uh, humans will, will consume, the consequence will be uh, a drastic reduction in the number of the individuals of those species that we were formerly eating with right. potentially and absurdly uh, cows and chickens and pigs ending up in zoos uh, in, in, in a very, very low number because there are no wild habitats where we would say, okay, this is the original habitat of, of the, the cow or, or the pig because the, 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 the varieties that we are growing cannot survive in the wild. They are, right. they are yeah. so extremely bred that there is no way we can say, okay, here is a natural reserve, now go and live your life. They, they wouldn't be able to, to survive. So, right. so as, as, I'm, as I'm saying this, uh, the absurdity of the reasoning is quite, uh, uh, quite uh, evident because through that, we still cannot, of course, justify the suffering of, of billions of individuals. Uh, of of each of those uh, species, and so so uh, I guess we will we will end up with you know whatever the number of uh, of uh, the the individuals that will keep living um, as as a residual of the the, the former populations. Is that is that the way that you see it as well? Yes. Yeah, so these uh, individuals, I mean. Um... They're not really viewed as individuals in the industry, but yeah, they are brought into the world to uh, serve a purpose, right? And um, they, even for example, with uh, with dairy, uh, they impregnate a cow and they create a, ca a calf to stimulate the milk production. Then they steal the calf away, right? And the calf is uh, is usually slaughtered if it's a if it's a boy, and then kept to do the same thing over and over again if, if it's a if it's a female. And um, so the quality of life that they're having anyway is is not good. They're being brought into the world artificially. And so if as meat production declines, the amount of these individuals that will be brought into the world would also decline. And, um, you know, there are quite a number of farm sanctuaries that are popping up all over the world to uh, allow animals who are rescued from these types of situations to live out their natural lives. I once saw a blog post about um, these animals in their old age. And uh, it was incredible. I didn't realize that the pigs and cows and chickens that we see are actually babies. They're, they're living only a few years and their lives are ending. So um, elderly, elderly farm animals. Um, it's it's really oh yeah yeah when animals are allowed to grow old if you if you uh, if you take a look at this it's it's just absolutely incredible and and I couldn't believe that I'd never thought about that like I've I'd never seen an elderly animal like farm animal before.
So this is a Guardian, um, a Guardian article actually, uh, put out to grass when animals are allowed to grow old. If, uh, take, take a look at it. The photos are just like, they're really heartbreaking, you know, having never, um, and never, like not often seen these, these animals be able to live out their full lives. <laughs> an old chicken. That's right. We have never seen an old chicken. <laughs> yeah, and they they have their own, you know, their own societies, their own families, their their loves, and you know, they uh, just like any of us, you know, just well, like the dogs uh, that we love. Exactly. Anybody anybody who has ever had a dog and seen the dog sleeping and dreaming and moving uh, its paws, uh, you know, dreaming to hunt and and things like that realizes mm -hmm. that they are self-aware. Yeah, uh, sleep barking. And, and, and they have a, a degree of consciousness. Yeah. A, and, uh, and then it is quite uh, natural to, to extend that, to realize that the pigs are, are of the same intelligence. And uh, we are now seeing uh, videos of cows uh, playing uh, soccer. I don't know yeah. if you have seen those. Oh, I've uh, seen it. <laughs> or, or chicken, or chicken cuddling with uh, uh, with uh, with humans, uh, recognizing yeah. them. So, yeah. so yeah, we are uh, we are uh, a, a hunter species that is now realizing uh, that we have to 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 move beyond our our roots. And as a as a quad carrying uh, transhumanist, I. I, I will uh, happily embrace that future where we uh, don't uh, rely on on our current uh, farm industry uh, to, to 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 gather to to our original uh, carnivorous uh, hunter uh, origins and and, mm -hmm. and inclinations. There's actually a lot of evidence that we aren't that we are. Uh, mostly plant-based actually because um, it took a lot of energy to be going out into the woods and trying to like hunt something and you might notice that we don't have any like built-in weaponry so um, a lot of uh, of evidence uh, with archaeologists and stuff is is actually showing that we were mostly plant-based in, in our early um, human history as well uh, if you read sapiens um, Harari, you can uh, learn more about that as well yeah, and 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 definitely, uh, meat was uh, a feast, an exception, uh, uh, something to be celebrated. In the past, it was it was not a a daily occurrence uh, that we would be able to to, to eat meat. Uh, so so, uh, what are the next uh, steps for He? Uh, what are, what are your ambitions and and how do you want to to grow uh, your uh, your startup? Uh, so right now we we've been able to um, start working with Green Monday, for example, um, and we also have a, a big Korean food company that we're um, in talks with about uh, working on a project with them. So I would like to expand further in that. Um, and basically, right now in Korea, uh, in Asia, and even around the world, there aren't that many. Uh, companies like us that really focus on the sustainable uh, food system. So uh, I, there's a lot of potential for future collaborations and helping helping companies to develop really good uh, products and really good messaging um, for uh, for con con to connect to consumers. 
And uh, we didn't talk that much about the environmental aspect of the meat industry, the animal agriculture industry, and also even the connection to pandemics. Um, uh, a lot of the diseases that we're struggling with right now have uh, origins that come, come from us misusing uh, animals. Um, so that's something that uh, in hindsight, I would have liked to have talked about a little bit more. But well, for our well, company- We have um, a little bit of time. Uh, we, we can do that. Please finish uh, telling us about hay and then we definitely should uh, talk about uh, also the situation of COVID-19 in, in Seoul yeah. and in Korea, because of course, that is, uh, that is uh, relevant to you especially. Right, yeah. So basically um, our mission is to make it effortless to, for consumers to make more sustainable food choices. So we do that by uh, educating uh, consumers, educating uh, corporations, government, and, um, and then also working closely with companies, uh, food companies that are actually producing the food and getting it out there to the consumers. So I would like to continue working on that mission. And then uh, as a next step, I'm, I'm actually really interested in starting my own uh, food manufacturing company uh, to, to add to um, the product offerings that are out there because there's just so much that hasn't been done yet. And, um, and I, I feel like that is a really great way to make uh, a big an impact on on the next level. So, um, yeah, that's a <laughs> it's a few years away probably, but um, you know the the first goal is elevating everybody um, and getting consumers really ready for for this new uh, this new world of food, and then and then contributing directly to it hopefully. So. Um... How is the situation with coronavirus in uh, in in South Korea in Seoul? Uh, it it was the second uh, um, epicenter after China. Then it moved to Italy, then to New York, uh, and now it seems that Korea uh, stopped the uh, uh, the local outbreak. There haven't been new uh, infections for for now a few days and. They are ready to completely eliminate uh, any restrictions. How do you feel about it? Do you believe Korea handled it well? And and is it now time to to move back or move forward? What uh, what is the local conversation around that? Um, I I feel really blessed to be spending this time in history in Korea. Um, I was actually in Canada at the end of January. And I had, you know, technically I had the choice to stay there and I to come back to Korea because I have so much faith in, um, yeah. in, in, in the medical system here, in, in the government, um, in the technology that really connects all of us and makes a, a more uh, kind of forward thinking uh, response to this pandemic possible. And uh, I really haven't been disappointed. Um, I think Korea stands as, you know, uh, a great example for the rest of the world on how to deal with this. And yes, it's true that uh, there haven't been local domestic cases in the last few days. Um, but, you know, people still keep coming from overseas and adding to the numbers. Um, the government has been doing really incredible things uh, with the people who the newcomers uh, who are coming in from the airport. They're putting them in a mandatory uh, quarantine. I think for two weeks and they are providing them with, you know, medical care and food and, 
you know, being very proactive in, in isolating them and making sure that, that they're really okay before allowing them to um, get out there into the public. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I, I do know that the government is preparing for a second wave. I mean, it is possible that there will be a second wave. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet, but the feeling out on the street, um, I just I just took my dog for a walk earlier because we, we've never been on lockdown, actually. Everything has been voluntary isolation, uh, voluntary like social distancing, um, except for the you know vulnerable people or people who might be at high risk of spreading the disease. So uh, out on the street, there yeah, we see couples, uh, people clearly out just having a really nice time. But the main thing is everyone's still wearing masks. You know, masks have always been a big part of culture here. You know, even even if you have like a, you know, a bad day and you just want to cover up your face or uh, you had a cold and you don't want to give it to someone else or you're a celebrity and you don't want to be recognized. So mask culture has always been a thing. Like even K-pop uh, fans would know that for sure. It's, it's very common. And so it's no big deal for us to wear masks. We don't feel like, you know, everyone's walking around like zombies or something like that. And I think that mask culture is what really helped us because, um, you know, those products were already very widespread, widely accepted. No one was against the idea of using them. And yeah, even though things are getting better, people are still being cautious and they're still wearing their masks. So that's great to see. Wonderful. And, uh, and I am very happy that, uh, that, that you are healthy and that uh, uh, Seoul and Korea in general has been able to, uh, to contain uh, the, uh, the pandemic uh, on, a, on a local level. It, it, is, it is interesting that uh, those countries that have been more heavily impacted are now evolving to the point where they are asking themselves if the trauma, uh, both human and economic, caused by the pandemic can be reinterpreted as an opportunity for a wider and, and, and deeper conversation around what are the next steps and, and, and how uh, society can um, transform not only in order to to make sure that the next pandemic uh, either can be prevented or can be better managed but how can society take advantage of the current situation in order to address a lot of the challenges and the tensions that have been accumulating for decades that that haven't been tackled and now uh, with a more open mind that is necessarily open because it is searching on a daily basis for solutions uh, given given the pandemic, with a more open mind, these uh, these uh, uh, tensions and these challenges maybe can be can be tackled. And and I'm talking about uh, income inequality, wealth inequality. Um, the the lack of opportunities for for a lot of people in in society the um, especially in the us uh, the the lack of uh, universal health care uh, which has been especially um, striking in in the current situation so um, has there been any of that in korea or given how well the the epidemic has been handled 
this paradoxically this opportunity has been lost um, I don't have enough information to comment on that I think because um, these days I've been at obviously quite isolated and I'm not really um, paying much attention to like the Korean news uh, as much as I should um, and so I don't like making kind of ignorant assessments of things but one thing uh, I would like to say is um, the the hand washing in Korea has it was never as much of a big thing as it was in Canada like growing up um, and it's, it might sound kind of crazy but but I, there really is a, a quite a, quite a big difference and so a lot of people are joking around about the fact that like um, the pandemic will I mean has already caused people to like you know click in that you know af after going to the public washroom that that's like a super important thing to do so I'm not saying that all Koreans don't no Koreans wash their hands or anything but I just noticed there's like um, we can do better basically and I feel like um, this pandemic is even for me like I got a little bit more lax on it too if I'm being honest um, it, the pandemic is is making all of us think a little bit more about uh, sanitation and cleanliness and stuff like that so yeah um, that's one thing yeah yeah I don't I, I sometimes feel guilty about uh, talking about the positive benefits of what's going on because there are still so many people suffering and I I feel like things are really getting a lot better here. So I, I feel kind of like I'm bragging or something, but I think it really is important to try to, you know, look at the positive because, you know, our brains just can't handle to having too much heaviness um, all the time. So it is definitely important. Uh, in, in Italy, um, where I am uh, right now, uh, the uh, talk is all around how uh, adapt certain economic activities uh, to what they call now phase two of the pandemic, where uh, people can get out of their homes and they can, with certain restrictions, go to, to certain places. Nobody can leave their home region, so you cannot go from Lombardy, Milan, to Lazio, Rome. Um, and then they are thinking about, okay, what will happen this summer when theoretically tourists should come or at least Italians should go to the seaside and, and, and things like that. And, uh, and so it is, it is now uh, all about installing uh, no-touch um, uh, components so that uh, uh, as, as you are on your uh, sunbed, uh, you can uh, uh, adjust it without touching the bed or the, the, the bathroom on, on the beach is completely no touch and, and, and other things like that. Um, so it's, it's quite, quite interesting. And of course, mm -hmm. I, I understand how you feel about uh, your, your situation because you are healthy, I am healthy. And yes, people are um, suffering or dying. Uh, you know, the Italian... Uh, Italian te television is is triumphant because only 300 people died yesterday. Wow. Okay, that is that is an achievement, right? It's, it's triumphant because only 300 Sorry. people died. Sorry. And uh, and um, at at the same time, I am I am absolutely curious to see uh, how. Um, the, the, the changes and the challenges will keep reverberating, right? Whether it is, a, it, it is really a, 
a health scare with a second wave or uh, the impact of uh, the economic downturn that is going to create, uh, for example, in, uh, in, in Korea, uh, Samsung will have to revise their projections of how many phones or television sets or fridges they are going to sell uh, uh, in the next uh, several quarters uh, because of yeah. the economic impact of the, of the pandemic. Right. So, uh, Marie, uh, if uh, people want to uh, uh, keep uh, uh, in touch and uh, and uh, check out, um, uh, hey, uh, is uh, is your website uh, hey.life uh, the best place they can go to? Uh, yep, and we also are quite active on Instagram, um, and it's hey for life, H A E F O R L I F E is our handle on most of the social media. Wonderful, uh, and I can I can paste that uh, in in overlay as well as well as uh, as sharing that, and uh, uh, it was uh, it was really great uh, uh, having you here. Thank you very much for for coming on uh, uh, on uh, our our show, and I really appreciate uh, it. And uh, I will be eager to. Uh, see uh, how your efforts uh, uh, will uh, promote a plant-based uh, food culture in Korea and beyond, and I will be eagerly experimenting with it uh, as well as well myself. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, if you need any insight, get, get in touch. You know, I'm your personal coach. <laughs> okay, wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, being here with us on uh, Searching for the Question Live. Uh, this um, time slot uh, is, is new because uh, I want to engage uh, with interesting people uh, like uh, Marie from Seoul uh, in time zones where I want to make them uh, comfortable in joining. Uh, our other time slot is more compatible with uh, European and American guests and viewers. Uh, but uh, there are billions of people in Asia and and they have uh, amazing things uh, to say and they do amazing things. So I, I want to make myself available to uh, to host them as well. And so if you want to uh, to uh, follow searching for the question live, there are many ways that uh, you can be involved, uh, including that you can suggest guests and vote on suggestions made by others. Um, you can also join our Discord community on davidorban.com slash discord and uh, subscribe uh, to my newsletter that I send out uh, once a week. Um, and uh, if uh, you like the content uh, that I am creating uh, together with my team, uh, I invite you to become a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash David Orban. Thank you very much. And uh, I will be seeing you uh, in the next episode of uh, Searching for the Question Live.